Welcome to Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. This is episode 121 of Death Readers, the podcast where Rob and I share our thoughts and notes with each other on the books we're reading for the first time. If this is your first time listening, we suggest reading The Legend of Dritz, book 6, The Halfling's Gem, chapter 6 through chapter 12, before listening to this episode. That way you, too, can follow along. Uh, how about we get started with... Chapter 6, Baldur's Gate. Summary. Artemis and Regis have booked passage on a ship for Kalimport in the south. Regis knows he cannot escape his capture, but is more confident that he can delay his capture and hopefully give his friends enough time to catch up and mount a rescue. His ploy? Convince the seaman that he harbors an infectious disease that causes great welts, burning the victim from the inside out. His plan works. The sailors believe he's infected and decide it's best to kick the two travelers off their boat at their nearest port, Fair. which I think is Baldur's Gate. I mean, you don't want burning diseases in your semen. No, if it burns when you see, then, <laughs> uh, then you are, then you are having problems of a sort. <laughs> so no, I don't think you do want that. Do you have? Oh, oh, excuse me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I have so much more. I didn't think you were done. I have so much more summary to read. I did. Um, oh. Knowing he must prevent the story of infection from spreading on shore, Intriri takes matters into his own hands and murders the crew in their sleep and sets fire to the ship, trapping the captain below decks where he burns alive. Once ashore, Intriri uses the gem to influence the harbor master to aid him in securing passage to Kalimport as soon as possible. He also bequeaths the harbor master... Harbor master with a gift for Dritz de Worden, should he arrive at Baldur's Gate behind them. Uh, and I have a single note in this chapter. It's at the very end of the chapter. I have no notes. Uh, thoughts occurring to me, but I think I'm not going to suggest it until the next section we talk about. So um, I will say this is probably the only or one of the few chapters I liked in this section. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, my note, I'm pretty sure that Regis's finger is in that bag, but don't worry, I'm not a psychic. I just got un I just got unlucky enough to see some of the words on the first page of my printing that end with a halfling's finger. Way to blow a cool moment, Salvatore. Oh, and the uh, I didn't even read that. I didn't read it. But I could, no, no, sure. I, sure, my, sure. My brain can detect what the shapes of letters are. No, no, I'm, I, not, yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not judging you. I'm not defensive against you. I'm mad at the book. I'm saying that... I, I, I'm saying it, 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 to, to publish this is uh, irresponsible and reckless and uh, cavalier. It's insulting. It's, uh, it's just Slap in the face? It, it, it can only bring uh, pain and anger. Yet they do it anyway. And I ask you, what kind of person does that to another? What kind of monster? What kind of beast? <laughs> uh, similarly, I had read, read the summary on the back of the book and was not as disappointed, but s slightly disappointed that they uh, spoiled Dritz's magic mask. Oh, do they do that too? Yeah. I don't read any of that shit. It's I should have not... Although maybe they hint at uh, Regis' fate because they say 
uh, drifts to Erden and his barbarian and races with a barbarian Wolfgar to save their light-fingered friend. Well, he's certainly lighter a finger now. That is some shit. That is a fucking... Somebody was so happy with themselves that day. Yep. Some fucking intern ran to Salvatore, mouth open, ready... Like, mouth open in the shape of a boot, ready to just lick Salvatore's boots. <laughs> I had to spell it out there. Yeah, you did. I'm like, shape of a boot? How would you even... Like get the heel over here and then like it's like a small boot maybe i was like low calf boots i don't know ankle boots sure but i get it now salvatore's okay. boots have more than one tongue these boots are made for licking yep that's what it sounds like to me someone sounds like someone was like "Ooh, master will be pleased and then ran <laughs> off to him and 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 wanted a good pat on the nose uh, well, anyway, uh, I uh, in terms of an overviewing that chapter, I liked finally feeling like this is the first time I really feel like Artemis is evil, mm-hmm. and the way he's being evil is really evil. Like the whole the way he like decides out of spite almost that he's not just going to kill all the other sailors, right. but with the captain he's going to rig a trap for him so that the captain like like a Home Alone style trap if Kevin McAllister was planning to murder the Wet Bandits, um, <laughs> right. like not just like Looney Tunesy beat him up a bit. This like, is some saw bullshit. Yeah, it it was like yeah exactly, but also like there it, unlike Saw, there's no way you can like become a better person and get out of it. <laughs> Right. So you're just you're just being tortured to death. Um so yeah, that uh I like I kind of like that only only because like again he, I feel like I've been lacking him being a really bad guy. Right. right so right. far he's killed other bad people and grinned maniacally. And he stole Regis, which he said he was going to do for since the beginning of the book i mean right now he's operating up until now he's he's operating under bounty hunter rules which is not necessarily bad yeah regis is a thief and his friends like him that's great but he did break the law uh, i have nothing specifically against what intrary is doing he yeah intrary as noble if not more so than dog the bounty hunter yeah that's what i hear you saying that's what i it's exactly what i'm saying and as and heroic or Rucker Hauer in that movie, Wanted Dead or Alive. Remember with the, the grenade in the guy's mouth? They brought him in at the end, and they're like, they're going to stiff him on the payment or whatever, and he pulls the pin and walks away, and the guy explodes. Pretty badass. I don't think I've seen it. I think it's a uh, canon film. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that. Are you done with this chapter? Yeah, I am. Are we ready to move on? Let Let's us on. Let us continue to... Epilogue? Summary. Dritz and Wolfgar arrive at Baldur's Gate, where the harbormaster inquired about them. Dritz and Wolfgar meet with the Harbor Master after the drow determines announcing themselves isn't a huge risk at this leg of their journey. He expects Intruri wants to uh, finish their fight. The Harbor Master gives them the message Intruri had left for them, a small pouch containing a halfling's finger. Yep. Yep. My, I have an overview note, and that's about it for this chapter. What's your overview note? I hate when this book puts a preview on the first page. <laughs> <laughs> this surprise was completely ruined for me fail um okay a couple things it's so weird still to see epilogue in the middle of a book or in the first quarter of a book which again leads me to wonder if these were like 
novellas that he planned to publish, you know, magazine style. But then it only, it, it only, I don't think it says it was previously published in any form. Well, I will just turn your attention to page 11. Where it says book one. Yeah. Yeah, but any other book I've ever read that does the book structure like that doesn't have epilogues halfway through. Right, but that's what makes Salvatore an innovator. You see, in the future, every book will have epilogues after every chapter. Okay, well, but that brings me to my second point. He's a trailblazer, and you owe him an apology. I don't yet. Because, remember how I said uh, Baldur's Gate was the last chapter I enjoyed in this Mm -hmm. uh, section? Right before the epilogue? So maybe this was written at a different time. Or maybe it was ghostwritten at a different time. Maybe someone talented wrote the first part of this book. Yeah. Okay. Weird. Maybe. Um, and then just the Tolkien observation that we now have a halfling missing a finger. Oh, yeah, because that happens to Frodo. Yep, Frodo the Nine Fingers. Cool. You're uh, you're showing your work again, Bobby. Bobby! Uh, do you have any other notes in that chapter? No. Good, let's advance. <laughs> Chapter 7, Stirrings. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, slow Book your, two. Slow <laughs> your roll, Lightning McQueen. We got a little bit more to go. Book 2, Allies. Oh, cool. You have any notes in this? <laughs> There's nothing here to have notes I on. know, Rob. Because we didn't read the right book to have notes. Chapter right. 7, Stirrings. Thank you. Summary. Bruno awakens by a fire in a shelter he does not recognize. He's been rescued, and his wounds treated by Lady Illustriel, whose, I gotta say, name sounds like a My Little Pony character. Once Brunor's fit to travel a day or so later, she whisks him off to Longsaddle in her flying, fiery chariot. There, the tearful dwarf reunites with Caddy Bree, who informs him of his friend's status in the hunt for Entreri, Regis, and the armies marching to Longsaddle to retake Mithril Hall. Do you have any notes in that chapter? I, I have one on page 96. I have one on page 95. Lucky you. Just the, um, maybe wonder if this uh, book structure where it feels like it's a couple of books bound together means we have to sit through double the exposition. Because hmm. we had to go through Brunor's adoption of Cadbury all over again, it seemed. Was, was this the, the first time it was mentioned in this book, though? Because I feel I like it, it was going to be mentioned once per book. Because I, I think that at a certain point, these books are going to become mostly reminding new readers about what happened in the past. I want to believe it happened in the first section we read. I couldn't tell you, man. Okay, what's your 96 note? Now, this is Deus Ex Machina. Do, do you have a quote? Or? Just the whole uh, Lady Illustrial. Oh, you're going to have to you're going to have to remind me of things because wow. it was. Did you one. read? Did you read I, this? I, I, I so, mostly. Fair I did a lot of skimming. Uh, the whole way, the the structure in which, and the reasons why Lady Illustrial shows up to save Brunor from his chimney death uh, is exactly textbook Deus Ex Machina. She shows up out of nowhere to stop the conflict and move him where the author wants him to be using magic. Twice. And Twice, and using magic and no other good reason, then I should never have split the party in the first place. And also, I wanted to make sure everybody knew what the sword did. So I had to write a thing about how the sword doesn't burn whoever it's on. Right. But you already did that with the fucking demon. 
it's but not everybody knew it i guess does every why why it, it doesn't matter you're you're right you're right it's possible that that's why but <laughs> it's just it, it's just like i would have so much rather this whole book every part with bruno either he's not in it at all mm-hmm. or every part he's in it is him digging through the fucking depths of the mithril hall killing gray dwarves and it would be so fucking cool if if like if he became like a vigilante of mithril hall just running through murdering any gray dwarves he finds and like hiding in the shadows and eating rats like just being just being hawkeye just being feral yeah just being ronin in that in in that in that avengers movie you're just going around just being like you know i i got no other life anymore this is what i'm doing and i'm gonna do it really well (laughs) i would have i would have preferred that and then when they find him he's like he's claimed mithril hall it's completely empty now and he's just sort of like sad and like comatose and just sort of like mentally out of it just lying on his on a throne of dead gray dwarves just like gone and then the, yeah. the next then they have to spend a lot of time like nursing him back to health and like figuring out how to like reach fix, him mentally and emotionally yeah, fix his his uh his shell shock was there even a point can you see a point in the future to the whole spider bite or is this something that happened that didn't bother him at all and then she fixed but didn't need to because he was a dwarf i i mean he's not gonna get spider powers right <laughs> i don't think so um I, I, it just seems kind of there it, i mean because seemed... even as he was climbing it was kind of like oh it hurt but he ignored it and kept climbing if so... spider bites gave you spider powers the way they do in marvel um i feel like you would have a lot of spidery gray dwarves down there maybe it doesn't work on gray dwarves it only works on regular dwarves oh what color is regular rob so it's, it's, I, I saw it coming. I saw it coming. Not gray. How about that? Not gray. It's not great what you said. <laughs> you it's bastard. not. It's really not. You know, let's move on to my next note. What's that? On what I page? I felt the reunion. On what between... page, Rob? Because I have I felt... a note on page 99. I felt the reunion between Catty Bree and Brunor was actually very sweet. And showed uh, real uh, vulnerability. I liked it, dare I say. My note on page 99, being a person who takes page notes on pages, sure. uh, says, Oh, I really like this moment where Caddy Bree tells him she'd make sure his face is carved in the Halls of Kings. That was super sweet. Lame. Yeah, it's weird how, like, that section felt, like, genuine and heartfelt and, like, good. And then he didn't bother fucking f- doing anything cool with Brunor before that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like he he uses like a metaphorical or like a literary uh, upside down bridge to get himself from place to place where like, so like, like, in, like in long saddle, right? Mm-hmm. Like where mm-hmm. like suddenly it's just like, you just have to trust me and walk into it and then you'll be on the other side and it'll be fine. It won't make any sense while you're there. But once it's mm-hmm. over, that's the whole point is just to get you over, over there. So what's it matter? What's it matter if it doesn't make any sense and everything's upside down and it sucks. Just enjoyed the destination. And it's like, yeah. yeah, but like, aren't books like journeys, dick? Like, anyway, that's all my notes for that chapter. Let's move on. You say uh, two. Sh- oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, should I? Am I doing uh, 121 episodes? I don't say this. Uh, two. 
<laughs> chapter eight, a plain brown wrapper. Summary. In this chapter, we finally meet Pasha Pook, the man from whom Regis stole the titular gem. His enforcer, Rassiter, the were-rat, and Laval, his assistant. We see Pook's testy relationship with Rassiter before he reacts to the news that Entriri and Regis are inbound. That's what happens. Yep. It's a whole lot of get to know these characters and what their relationships are and how they relate and their hierarchy. And so later it'll make sense. I have a page note on page 101. Lucky you. Do you have any page Which, notes on this? No. Well, my page note here says, Rob, please read the last sentence of the third paragraph. On page 108, you said? 101. That's what I said. Last sentence of the third paragraph. One paragraph, two paragraph, three paragraphs. An uncharacteristic? Is that where I'm starting? Yep. An uncharacteristic anxiety was etched upon the guildmaster's round face, and he twiddled his fingers nervously when he was not petting his exotic pet. Yeah, so this is a, uh, if you will, a pet peeve of mine. Um, when someone says... A noun that is also sort of a verb. Real Petting close his pet. To, yeah, I fucking hate that. Um, Stroking. Or like that's or, more evil. Or like I have a couple options here that I've written okay, down. Great, sorry. Um, petting his exotic cat. Hmm. Uh, fingering his exotic pet. Hmm. Uh, fingering his exotic. Any any of those really stroking I guess could work, but uh. I seem to remember you having tro- you having difficulty or uh, issues issues yes with uh, the word fingering as a verb, and I really wanted to bring it up. <laughs> that was private. <laughs> it, I, I, mean, I think I believe I suggested an alternative. Yes, I actually I did. Uh, I actually did. It was my word. I said it, and then you said, oh, I'd prefer that to fingering. Oh, but yes, but I'm the one who made the connection. Yes, you did, good yes, sir. Indeed, you indeed. quite, what, quite, quite what, right. What was that word again? Noodling. <laughs> yes. If he was just noodling his exotic p- pet. This is a family show. <laughs> oh, yes. To, title. To... <laughs> <laughs> to noodle or not to noodle, lest ye pet. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I hate. I fucking hate that shit. It bums me out every time I see it. Uh, I I'll see it in other places sometimes, and it'll, it it gets me every time. I you just, it's it's the laziest. I maybe it's not. Maybe it's it, maybe it is lazy, but it just feels like just come on, bro. Like. Well, he's already, and he's trying very hard to make this sentence uh, rich and, you know, crafted. An uncharacteristic anxiety was etched upon the guildmaster's round face as he twiddled his fingers nervously when he was not petting his exotic pet. I mean, he's already putting effort, misguided though it may be, into the sentence. Just, you know, step back from it and go, oh. It it occurred to me, though, that maybe he doesn't want to use the word cat because that's a word he exclusively uses for Guinevere. Sure, but, but Bond villains are famous for stroking their pet. You don't mm-hmm. have to... It doesn't have... The pet doesn't have to change. No, I know. I'm just saying, like, I think that he wanted it to be a jaguar or whatever it is. 
and that wasn't going to change, but instead of calling it a cat, because that's a word he, he, he refers to Guinevere as the cat or sure. things like that. I think he's trying to keep that over there. And by keep that over there, because that sounds dumb, um, he's, he, it sounds like to me like he's trying to reserve the word cat for Guinevere, sure. like I've said before. But I don't have any other evidence because I don't feel like we see cats that often. McGristle had dogs, hmm. and I don't think we've seen other cats besides Guinevere for this one. Um, is a, now, is a were-rat just what it sounds like? Is that a D&D creature? Just a dude who turns into a rat or an anthropomorphic rat or a human-sized rat or a hairless rat or a does he shrink down to a proper rat like Wormtail? Is he is he is he a Lon Chaney-style rat man on two legs? Do you have some sort of fifth edition monsters manual you could look in? Well, I want to I want to double check that it's in this before I say oh I do. Um called research look it up i can't because i don't do research (laughs) (laughs) you've been served all right i'll basically had this page bookmarked in uh if everyone could open their textbooks and turn to page 209 of your 5th edition monster manual. It was the monster manual. Uh, we have Were-Rat. It was a graveyard manual. <laughs> the Were-Rat can use its action to polymorph into a rat-humanoid hybrid or into a giant rat, or back into its true form, which is humanoid. Its statistics, other than its size, are the same in each form. Any equipment it's wearing or carrying isn't transformed. It reverts to its true form if it dies. That looks ridiculous. Looks like a were-rat. Their rat. (laughs) Do you have any more notes in this section? No. I have an overview. Okay. I'm interested in this theme of bad guys that have harems Salvatore keeps revisiting. It was kitschy the first time, but now it's more, it more clearly smacks of adolescent wish fulfillment. I prefer a heads up before I read about an old man's sword and sorcery erotic fiction. <laughs> um, could, would we consider the matriarchy and Menzo Berenzen also a sort of harem or himrim? I don't remember if they had that. They didn't have the same. Well, thing. they had they had men that their beck and call is needed. Yeah, and 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 and. Uh, but it's not quite the same. Malice uh, right. definitely made her use of men whenever they wanted to. Uh, but it but the harems that we've seen so far seem to be like they're almost like chambers in the okay. domicile of the bad guy, right, 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 specifically for housing women. Specifically for Nication. Yes, whose purpose for being in this area is for his carnal pleasure. Yeah. So, in that aspect, that's that's the kind of harem I'm referring to. Okay, fair enough. And that's that's happened twice. Yep. Um, and that's lame. It it makes me wonder, like, if it was part of D and D. Like, if there were other areas where harems 
were exceptionally common in Dungeons and Dragons? I mean, it's that probably misunderstood um, to some extent uh, trope of just, you know, the exotic. You know, you hear about it and you're like, that seems so just pillows and naked ladies laying around with perfumed smokes and silks and things. Sounds cool. Sounds like something from Aladdin. in in a in a world where there's no uh, nothing that, where nothing is more important than your physical pleasure right then yeah it does seem cool <laughs> no i i I'm, and that's I'm what not, i meant. i'm not calling it cool I'm no no i understand that's what i'm saying perceived that way and that's why it gets put into everything that's why i'm saying it's that's why i called it juvenile okay. it, it feels it feels like to a person whose entire world is them yeah uh and has no real concept of empathy or, <laughs> or other, other people's agency o- other people's agency or, or sure. their any aspect of their identity and their needs mm-hmm. then yeah um that is that i imagine that that's that's the dream is to just have like a physical version of the availability of sex on the internet like how f- free that is but make it physical uh that seems to be the the thing that the uh interest he's driving towards is that that's what these bad guys have gotten but my concern here is that having it happen more than once and being that the first guy that did it kind of was a child like he did have a very oh i'm an apprentice i'm i'm not interested in learning and having patience or practicing sure I just want everything I want right now and give it to me now such that I will murder my, or I will murder my master and then try to usurp him through Mm -hmm. those means. Yeah. He, uh, uh, I, I, like I said, I, I wanted then to believe that was part of it, but now Pasha Pook does not seem like that kind of character. He seems like a well established crime Lord. You know, he seems like a, What's the what's the fucking bad guy's name from Ready Player One? Nolan Sorrento. He seems kind of like Nolan Sorrento. You know, he's he's he he he's well to do. Essentially, mm-hmm. it seems like he has to deal with some unsavory characters like Iraq. He has to deal with you know murder. But he's He'll got the it. whole might of the IOI, the Sixer yeah. Army. And, and he and doesn't he doesn't really need he doesn't really want for anything except this, you know, the thing that's risking being taken from him. Also kind of in the shape of an egg, but taking that step, that metaphor, a step back um, or it's a simile. I don't know. You can keep your baleful stare. I was I think that was just my 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 resting baleful face. Oh, you have resting baleful face. Yeah. Well, cool. <laughs> I have resting Beowulf face. <laughs> it's where my face just looks like poorly rendered CGI from 2008. <laughs> I don't know who that joke's for. <laughs> it's a very, very small niche. <laughs> but it's out there now. Or a niche view. <laughs> See, that was equally bad. You should feel better now. I don't feel like mine's bad. I feel like it went from... <laughs> you have to understand what a baleful... What a baleful... 
gazes and then understand how why resting baleful face is funny and then understand why the phonetic um molestation of that can become a resting beowulf face <laughs> and then understand that in that movie from that time period it was all terrible cg and he looked horrible well now that you've explained <sighs> the joke it is funnier the explanation hopefully may have been a little funny <laughs> the joke itself i don't think it's funnier but but the getting there maybe okay um so yeah uh i i don't it, it just eh. i i do, do you did you notice that did you notice them going back to the harem no it's this whole sequence where laval and him are like chatting and 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 uh pook is like man i'm uh, i'm gonna dip in here for two days and just you know excrete. wet my whistle oh 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 suddenly you're you're uncomfortable no i don't know who's worse Um. Yeah, he's go- so he's gonna go back there and uh, do whatever form of that act you're comfortable hearing. And Laval's like, "Oh man, I'm gonna lose my bedroom." <laughs> and then and then Pook peeks his head out and he goes, "Hey, bud, you can have your own room too. Don't worry about it. Build your new room. You can have it right here, right here." But that whole sequence, he's where he's going is the harem. I guess I kind of feel like if I don't, I don't feel like we're going to run into another one by the end of this book, but it probably does... not. It, I would, it would be interesting to know how many times they come up in the subsequent 30 some books. It does also seem like I, I, maybe I also have a terrible memory, but I don't think I've ever read about a harem in a book before these, like in the way that they are written here. Sure. 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 I feel like I've seen them in movies, certainly in escape from history. I mean, I've seen them in one, other ways where like, I'm just, Where they're, they're I'm not called that though. Sure, sure. Yeah, no, like I in, think I only see it in movies where they're we're like they're yeah. parodying it, like they don't have a firm grip on grip, firm grip grasp is the word or grip on what a harem is, and they're just using it for a a, a setting. Or it's like it's a faux. It's like a a brothel. Yeah, and they do the lineup, like right. uh, like in Rush Hour Two. I think there's a I think there's a a very oh like the pick your pick your girl yes like, like oh this in, is a massage like in part. Man on the Moon, Andy Kaufman movie. There's a brothel sequence in that movie. There's certainly uh, yeah uh, his his friend takes him to the brothel and he does this German accent and he picks the two and goes off. Oh and, yeah, and, I and he's just that. like it's his first time. She's like, what? Andy's here every week. <laughs> Uh, and he's like, Andy! And he freeze frame on his face. That's how he got cancer, you know. What? I can't believe you said that, and I'm not sure you're wrong. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure you're wrong. <laughs> well, let's not investigate it further. Let's, let's just assume not. I'm right. Okay. <laughs> you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Andy Kaufman got cancer from prostitutes. I don't know how uncomfortable with that. He, I mean, who is it hurting? <laughs> Cancer's transmissible. Like, I, I, I don't know if people know this. And oh so kissable. Very much. I told you about this, right? Yeah, no, we know. Not, I don't know if you told me about it, but I know about it. Okay. I think. 
You want to do a public service announcement? Well, I kind of just because okay. I like I like this story because it's so heartbreaking. But you know how like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I said it. <laughs> you know how like uh, like something like like a, an astronomically high number of koalas have chlamydia. Is that what it was? Okay. No, no. I knew, this, I knew it was something. No, like no, no. no this, or something. Yes, yes. They have chlamydia. Okay. Well, similarly, their neighbors to the south, the Tasmanian devil, is, <laughs> is ravaged by this horrible face cancer. Yes. And the okay, whole species. That's... And the problem is they keep the, part of the way they communicate is they bite each other's faces. So what ends up happening is these poor fucking beasts end up ripping open these tumors on their faces and these these cancerous growths and then like ingesting other parts of cancer bits from other Tasmanian devils that they've been chewing on. And then this cancer spreads orally throughout this whole fucking species. So don't eat cancer. If you can help it. It may be one of the best arguments for being a fucking vegan. Is like maybe part of what makes cancer <laughs> is eating other things that have cancer. <laughs> I mean, besides the cigarettes, besides the uh, like carcinogenic like sure, sure, aspects sure, sure, sure. of everything else that can give you cancer, but like sure. if you if it's possible to if, to transmit <laughs> or you know or to contract, I guess uh, cancer by eating it. Mm-hmm. Maybe don't. Like, how do you know that a that a that a that a bovine animal that you're you're munching on Fourth of July isn't cancerous? I mean, cancer's prevalent, and like one hundred percent of those cows get slaughtered. So that brings us to <laughs> Chapter Nine: Fiery Riddles. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are the best at segways. <laughs> I don't remember how I got on that. I just love talking about Tasmanian devil cancer. Because I think the thing I love about it is uh-huh. that that was how I learned cancer was transmissible. Like, I didn't think it was. I thought, no, no, it's a buildup of carcinogens in the body and your body. like, Or, or like a mutation. Like, you have a, a couple rogue cells that go in the wrong place and they try to form your ear in your... Uh, heart right. and and then your heart's like don't do that and your the ear parts are like i'm never gonna stop and i'm not then, gonna listen to you oh fucking end the show <laughs> that was the best fucking joke ever ah oh, shucks <laughs> that's it put a fork in it um all right anyway harems don't do them. Don't don't end up like Andy Kaufman. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> so excuse for us. That brings us to Chapter Nine Fiery Riddles. Summary. Dritz and Wolfgar set sail for Kalimport. Pasha Pook's associate Oberon sets loose a volley of fireballs over Baldur's Gate as a signal for Artemis. The pattern means the barbarian and elf are in pursuit by sea. Before the chapter is done, Pasha Pook discovers that Dritz and Wolfgar are following Entreri right into the Pook, right, right to Pook's doorstep. Ugh, fucking hate that name. What's the Dendibar? Fucking Dendibar and Pook 
I can forgive something like Wolfgar and Catty Bree, but Pook. That's a terrible it, fucking it's a name. Weird, it's a weird name. I don't like it. I have a I have a note. I sort of have a note. Well, it's one more note than I have. My note says, no real notes. But <laughs> uh, you, you got me. <laughs> this was a brisk transition chapter. Yeah. That's what my note says. So mm-hmm. uh, I guess, you know, skip it. You won't miss anything. I didn't because I apparently did. I remember the fi- the fireballs going over the city and I'm like, huh, why did that happen? Where I was clearly told just a page before. Yeah. Uh, such a hard time with this section. It was Paul Revere. Too spicy. Yeah. Too drit spicy. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's let's advance to chapter ten: the weight of the king's mantle. The weight of the king's mantle. Chapter ten: the weight of the king's mantle. Yours says the. Read it, Rob. The weight of. Oh. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to pass out. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> 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 um, if I may reread the title. <laughs> Chapter 10. The... Weight of a king's mantle. Ah, there it is. Now we're on the right track. <laughs> Your says the. It says the right fucking there. <laughs> right at the beginning. Where it says the. Oof. All right. Embarrassment. <laughs> was, I, I mean, it's charming to a sense, <laughs> to a degree. Okay, um, well, I'll take it. <laughs> Okay, summary. Brunor, spurred by a nightmare wherein Regis meets a grisly fate, begs Lady Illustrial to make him a flaming chariot that he may fly to his friend's aid. The lady agrees, and the next morning Brunor and Caddy Bree fly south to find their friends. I have zero notes on this shit. I've got one comment, one note. Alright. This feels like so much filler. Yep. Well, okay, can I interrupt you there? Yeah, well, I mean, it was the end of my comment, okay. so, but... You can I disagree in a sense. I don't think this is filler. I think this is... This is skim. I think this is not... This is the little... The least amount he could give us. Mm-hmm. It is... And it's not what I want from the Brunor story. Like, and I said that earlier. Because this is... This is him saying, I really don't want Brunor not to be with them. I... I have to get him there. What's the minimum amount I have to do that makes it not obvious that he just walked through a teleportation hole or something? Sure. But it still could have been engaging somehow? I am I I think there's different things. I, it is not engaging, but that doesn't mean you it's know, You're filler. right. No, I, I'm, I'm agreeing it's not filler yeah. in that sense, in the sense sure. that I called it filler. I certainly glazed over it like it was filler. It, 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 it didn't it feel like what you're saying. It didn't feel important. Right. 
And so that's why I thought I called it filler, because I'm just going through it like, you don't want to be here, so I certainly don't want to be here. And that is tangible. You can yeah. te- It feels like he doesn't want to be there, or he's just tired. Like some, it's like, he just is just like, yeah, I just want to get toward, I want to get to the point I wanted to get at. Right. It bums me out. Cause I let, I felt like there were other things that were earned. Like for example, Caddy Bree's journey in the last book from not being last the physical book, not part of, not part of this book. Yes. Not from book one. Okay. silver streams, of, streams silver. of silver. Okay. Her entire, almost her, her entire journey in that story is absent of the party. Right. She's supposed to stay home, but because of influences outside of her control, she is compelled and pushed and then kidnapped. And and she has her own adventure. And we see things on that adventure that inform her character, the, uh, the larger world, and eventually, you know, crescendo in this final battle where the roof caves in and Dritz and Artemis are lost. Mm-hmm. I feel like this was setting up a similar thing. That's how I felt in the in the past tense that this was setting up Brunor's version of that, where Brunor is going to have his adventure on his own, and eventually they'll end up together because that's the way this makes sense. Right. But that's not what we get. We get the Deus Ex Elf or whatever Just, the yeah, wizard trying to get back on track with the main and doing it. As yeah, his own separate adventure that was engaging would have been yes. way more interesting. Yes. That just happened to also end in Calumport. Yes. Or even not. Like if his if his if if his journey had ended like like I said before, with him just reclaiming the mine. Sure. Or being lost and we don't see anything. And the story instead is about Caddy Bree negotiating, doing really boring, dry political negotiations with the other kings that have come to join. And by the time they all get to Mithril Hall, there's no fight to be had. Brunor's killed everyone. Right. Okay. No, I, that's definitely. But we're more talking about fun. a surprise. You build up that whole uh, thing where you're like, we're gonna, we're gonna fight. We're bringing fifteen hundred strong from the east or whatever, and th- they're gonna march on Mithra Hall and take it and clean out the uh, Drugar scum. And then by the time you get there, you're just like, holy shit, mm-hmm. <laughs> this guy is the king. Like this guy is a legend. Mm-hmm. That would have felt like we really earned maybe not. I don't, maybe, maybe you could fuck that up just as easily, but it, it does feel like this. I would much rather have not liked the story I pitched mm-hmm. than not like the story I read. <laughs> and, and it has nothing to do with the fact that I pitched it. It has everything to do with the story I'm reading is just words. Advancement. Yeah. It's not even a story. It's advancement. It's just advancement. It's exact. You're right. It's exactly what it is. It's it's minimized. It's it's congealed. It's like Ew. it's it's like it's like when you get a rotisserie chicken and then you let it sit in your fridge and then you pick it up and it's got that fucking shit at the bottom, that fatty like <laughs> the schmaltz, solid. Yeah, yeah. It, that's what it feels like. It's like yeah, this was holding this thing together before, but now I just don't want it. Right. But your dogs do. No, they don't ever eat anything other than their food. Yeah, but I bet they want it. dogs love chicken fat. They want a lot of things, man. I, I, look, all I said was they want it. So now you 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 have agreed that you agree with me. I, you'd have to ask them if they want it. I can't believe you haven't asked them. I, like, like, like their pleasure is my responsibility. Gross. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So my note. 
as I understand it, Brunor's leaving to meet up with the main party. And all the dwarves are going to amass wait and wait for him to come back before moving on Mithra Hall. So they're just going to hang out in Long Saddle. How long can an army of 8,000 just hang out? What would that do to the ecosystem? Well, it's a good question. I think they have a big batch of... It's not tundra, but I, the way I envisioned that area was like, it is basically tundra. And then they have Long Saddle. And it's just its own little, like, nook. I mean, Long Saddle... Long Saddle I mean, I, it might be a forest, but Long Saddle is a lot lower than Icewind Dale. So I don't know if it's tundra. But it just seems like, you know, 8,000 mouths all of a sudden is... I hope Brunor doesn't take his time, I guess. Yeah, it's a really good question and point, but that would be an interesting... Maybe it'll come up in the next book or by the end of this book where they will say, thank God you came back. We can't support this. This has got to end. Dude, can D&D wizards just manufacture food and shit? Uh, Out of nothing? I think there's a... It's it's a world of imagination, so both yes and no. Mm-hmm. Um. I know that there are certain things you can do to make it so you don't have to eat. But I don't think you can just... Oh, there's certainly... You can definitely manifest water. There Uh are ways to do that. Food might be a little different. I don't remember. I don't know if I've ever done that. I know you can make water. And I don't just just mean peeing. It seems like a not very kingly decision to just say, let's put this on hold. You guys hang out here. Hope the wizards are okay with it. I'm going off to... But he he's not putting it on hold. He does mention that, like, even if they arrived as soon as they possibly could, they can't... They don't really feel comfortable storming the hall till spring. Or something like that. He, he sets a date where he I, says... I, I guess... I guess... Okay. Yeah, he does say that. It's, it's said twice. Uh, I don't remember exactly by whom and when, but it is said, like, at a certain point, he says, Yeah... Even if I'm here, we're still gonna hang out for okay. months. Okay, I think I, I think wait. I was reading it like it was. I wouldn't get back till spring, and that's when we'd go. No, I he's saying. That, I guess that yeah. makes more sense. Right. So he's saying I'm actually losing time now by not going over there. If I do that and I get back, even if I'm late, I'm still like around the time period where we we would march anyway. Okay. Well, I guess it uh, checks out. For yeah, now. but but it still doesn't matter in in the long in the in the the point I'm stuck on right is this is still boring right like this, yes this this whole jumping brunor from his great crazy adventure his ronin experience down to bed knobs on broomsticks like bed knobs and broomsticks sorry uh like like the bed knobs f- and the broomstick yeah that one the bed knobs and a broomstick sorry where he's just flying on a fucking magic carpet and he's like oh now i'm here now i, I got where i wanted to go problem solved fuck that that's some, that's some fairy tale bullshit. Well, he needs a traveling spell. Yeah, anything else to say in that chapter? No. Let's move on. Chapter eleven: Hot Winds. Summary. Well, it's a pirate fight, a big old stinking pirate fight. The Sea Sprite, the ship Dritzt and Wolfgar are aboard, is attacked by three pirate ships at the behest of Pashapuk. Cadibri and Brunor join the fight with their flying chariot and successfully capture the pirate captain. But it comes at a price. Dritz's identity as a drow is revealed to his shipmates, who greet the revelation with weapons drawn. 
I have a note on page 142. What's your note? Could you read <laughs> page 142? Um, the second to last paragraph. It's just, the, it's the whole thing. The second to last and paragraph. As, yeah. And as the pirate hoisted one leg over the rail, Brunor helped him along, putting a booted foot into his rear and launching him clear of the rail and of the little rowboat. Uh, my note here is, when Brunor kicks the guy overboard, I heard the Wilhelm scream. <laughs> I thought your problem was going to be using rail twice uh, in a row like that. Um, but yeah, no, I'd totally be like, ah! As close as I can get to a Wilhelm scream. But I think that's a very good addition that would have made this a lot more entertaining. <laughs> I want to engage you for the uh, fully work for the next section. <laughs> I'm, I'm in. You you can't afford me, but I'm in. Damn it. Okay, well, do I have anything else to say in this chapter? I think you might. I wrote, oh, it's an action scene. I was tricked into expecting an exciting pirate battle, but I was not excited. Uh, then... Yeah. Go ahead. Well, just my overview is that I, I hate it when Salvatore writes action, but I, I really like pirate fights. I, so exactly I, my point. So I, I did... I like this chapter, mm -hmm. but I also broke it up into two sittings. <laughs> oh, that might have been smart. And I didn't do that with any sort of foresight. It just got, I got lucky. I mean, after the weight of the King's Mantle, my last note on this section is... No, that's not what the chapter, chapter is. is. So many times I find myself with my eyes closed trying to think about anything else. I just, I just, I just be like, I'm like, why are my eyes closed? Not like I'm falling asleep. Ugh. I have to open them up again and look at this book and be like, fuck, the first section was so good. What happened? It's, I, I think that the problem, this one is just the same problem we've been having. Like, okay. There's, I can't, I'm not going to get into answering the, what's wrong from the first section. <laughs> right, cause, right, right. cause we've, that we've spent three episodes on that or sure. two at this point. I don't know where we are too. But I, I can't say that the persistent problem of Salvatore clearly visualizing the action sequences that are exciting him and that he thinks are so cool, but turning those into words that are easy to understand mm -hmm. and to also visualize is something I just feel like he is bad at right now. Mm -hmm. And I understand, I mean, to a certain point, like I understand kind of how everything's happening and what's happening but it's maybe it's just that it's like it's supposed to be happening fast like a pixar movie like it's supposed to be just fucking edits so quick like like a toy so story like he's movie writing a screenplay but the magic of the fight will come through in the direction and the editing it's like the the, the six pages you have to read for one sequence would take two minutes on screen right and it's like if you if you could just take all that description and compile it into the time it would take on screen, you'd be entertained. I believe you'd be entertained. But reading it in the way that he writes it fucking sucks. Mm -hmm. Like the whole moment where he's like, Wolfgar, you know, we're going to we're going to raise up on the uh, on the reef. And I want you to and at the right moment, Wolfgar, I want you to yank those sails and he yanks the sails and it pivots the ship at a, at a degree sharper than anyone could have expected a ship to turn it smashing directly into the pirate ship's bow. That was, is, is a fun moment. Mm -hmm. And then like, you can use that, that the penetrative, uh, you know, front of your ship, the hull 
to to, to jump ex- to jump expel re- all of your semen. Yes, yes, to ejaculate into the pirates maw, and and then like once once you're in there, it, it's 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 like it's just fighting all over the place. So it'd be, and it can happen that fast. It can happen super fast. But he takes so long to describe it in a way that just is bottom line. It's unsatisfying. Right. So yeah, uh, bummer. Bummer. And it doesn't help that like Caddy Bree and Wolfgar's or not Wolfgar, Brunor's inclusion in this is also lame. You know, like I don't. They didn't earn a flying chariot. It just happens, and I bet you that fucking silver dragon's gonna show up later and it's gonna be falcor when falcor showed up yeah whatever fucking bullshit that was i'm not interested in that he's he's gonna be their next uh deus ex machina getting him back to the it's gonna be something mithril hall or some shit yeah something those silver dragons they'll do it they'll they'll fuck with you they're Uh, eagles are the equivalent of tolkien's eagles I think that silver dragons in what I've experienced, te- the, the the couple silver dragons I've seen, uh, tend to be kind of like that. Yeah, I gotcha. Um. Anyway, do you have anything else to say about that chapter? I don't. Yep. Well, let's get to the end. Chapter 12, Comrades. Summary. After defeating the pirate onslaught, Dritz and Wolfgar receive unanimous support from the Sea Sprite's crew, who accept Dritz despite his race's reputation. Brunor and Caddy Bree are welcomed aboard the Sea Sprite with a spirited sea reunion. The four friends catch up and make plans to traverse a mighty desert in search of Regis. There's also this whole thing about a fucking pirate captain that's some big to-do that, that Brunor fights and captures, and he does all, it's, it's all very, very cool. But it's also very boring. Right. How droll I feel. The I do, however, I kind of like the part where the pirate captain goes, Yeah, okay, so you captured me, but uh you know who I am. If you don't let me go, it's gonna be way worse for you. <laughs> and I and then the the captain's like, Yeah, you're right. Like I like that. I like the like I like this captain. Mm-hmm. He's very matter of fact way of like dealing with everything um but without being like a dick like there's right. still parts where he's like he's concerned if his crew is going to accept dritz because he's going to accept dritz and if he accepts dritz they're going to have to and then he's relieved when they just totally accept dritz and, and the other guy even kind of apologizes like hey man i was just scared like I freaked out i freaked out a little i really really sorry um so if that guy looks at the, pir- the pirate who says you need to let me go and he and the captain says you're right i do <laughs> then I feel like that helps me understand like the economy of this part of the world. Sure. And that's not bad writing. No, it's not great. It's not, I think it's, I think it's mostly just spoiled from being next to that last chapter. I I don't have any notes because of it, but yes, those, those were cool parts or, or unique. Yeah. I do have one more, one more note. Note me page one fifty one. This is just where I had this feeling. It's not really important to that page, but I finally feel like I'm enjoying these characters and understanding their dynamics. That said, I do not like the Caddy Bree Wolfgar romance because I don't feel like it's been earned. They just haven't spent enough page time together. So if you think about what I'm talking about, it's in Crystal Shard, they are just shitty to each other and barely, barely together on, 
on page again like not like just at all but like specifically like they don't spend time together uh streams of silver it's the same thing they spend the last part of the book together uh the last maybe three or four chapters together mm-hmm. that's it and then at the end of those chapters they're suddenly like oh we love each other so much so deep and that doesn't it's true love doug it doesn't it... happen every day <laughs> uh at this point it's feeling a little bit like star wars luke and leia love and they hot. aren't addressing that so hot if by hot you mean alabaster white <laughs> alabama Eesh. i watched star wars recently yeah again for the for uh and at some point in a flip of vernacular Han Solo refers to Princess Leia as sister. Not his sister. Just like in the first not... in the in the first Star Wars? Yeah. Hmm. He says something like uh you're not you're not lying sister or something like that. Okay. Okay. I don't remember but I believe you. The first one is definitely a lot more, you know, 70s and laid back. Uh Do you it's a tangent, but do you think she was always intended to be a sister, or was that an Empire retcon? I think she was always going to be it's a sister. It always felt like 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 Sydney's brother in Scream Three. Added uh, last yeah. minute to me. I I I feel the same way. I mean, I I've felt the same way for a long time. Okay, but like I also know I I'm very confident that it's much more just poor writing. And poor performances, like the part where Leia says, somehow I always knew. No, you didn't. The fuck does that mean? Sure. No, agreed. That was bullshit. That's Jedi, though. I'm talking about from the get-go. Like, even the whole Vader thing kind of sounds like bullshit to me, even though it's based on dark, you know, fought, was it, Darth Vater, fodder, whatever the fuck that was. I don't, even if that's where Lucas got the name, I don't think that meant Vader was supposed to be Luke's dad. I feel like that's all Empire. He's like, oh, let's let's soap opera this shit. It it never felt real to me. Hmm. I mean, again, I I, Even I was can, like seven I, years old. I was like, really? I can see where your issues are in it, but I also like I can relate to having some of them. But I've, I guess I've it's it's always felt like it's it's just not creative enough to feel like it wouldn't have been something he could have easily foreplanned. Like it's just not that big of a twist. Like you said, it's very soap opera y. Like, no, I'm just I just think he added it when he sat down to write Empire, like, oh. Yeah, okay. It works well enough. Maybe lying about Ben saying, you know, from a certain point of view, I'm covered. Maybe. Um I would have believed that more if like any point Darth Vader had said some shit about Anakin. But he doesn't. That's the trick. Like he doesn't he says the son of Skywalker. Yeah. Because he's rescinded his name. Mm. So he's referencing his old self. I guess. He's but he's know. not saying he's not like referring to Anakin Skywalker as a third person. But even even then, uh that series is more entertaining than this. <laughs> yeah. Um so I I just don't buy their relationship. Uh, I don't like it. I don't like reading it. It feels forced. Sure. It feels uh, unearned. 
and uh, it feels trite, cliche, all of those things. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, boring. Do you have any more notes? I don't. Finally. So, uh, <laughs> let's wrap it up with a new word alert. Okay. All right. Perspicacious. Perspicacious. Uh, having a lot of perspicacity. Nope. No? No. It doesn't say, oh, this word means to have the qualities of a <laughs> conjugation of this word. It doesn't say that. <laughs> um, well, I'm only familiar kind of with the with the word perspicacity, but I could not define it for you. So why don't you right. tell me what perspicacious means? Perspicacious, perspicacious. Adjective. Of acute mental vision or discernment. Hmm. To be keen. Hmm. So I, just, one. I just remember when Lisa Simpson could only think of two synonyms and cried out, I'm losing my perspicacity. <laughs> That's how I know that word. It's close. I can get to it. So smart. Okay. Here's the next one. Intransigence. Intransigence. It's definitely a word I've heard. I could not define it. Can I try? You can try. Absolutely. You're always open to trying. Is it in? Is it being in between two things? Then I am out. It's. It is sort of like its definition is this word is a conjugation of this word. So go back. It takes me back three times. It takes me back from intransigence to intransigence, which is a different word. Okay. To. Intransigent. Okay. Which means... <laughs> adjective characterized by refusal to compromise or to abandon an often extreme position or attitude. Hmm. Huh. Yeah, I don't know why I've ever heard it then. So to be immobile, not moving, intransigent. Okay. Not in transit, which is what I think I was trying to define. Right. Yeah. So what are the what are the differences between intransigence and intransigence? Is it spelling? Um, I think it is mostly spelling. Okay. Uh the 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 one we started with was I N T R A N S I G E A N C E and the one that it leads to is I N T R A N S I G E N C E. Huh. Everybody getting that? The Good. difference is an A. <laughs> yeah. One of them has in like an old 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 a day English spelling. Um. Anyway, it's fucking done. That's the you have. Do you have new words? Do you have? No. Did you learn new words? Okay. Well, I learned a couple words, and I'm probably not gonna remember them. But that's that. So next time on Death Readers, we're going to be reading the same book. <laughs> so Legend close. Of Legend of Dritz, book six, The Halfling's Gem. Two more episodes, guys. We can do this. Chapters 13 through 18. <sighs> 13 through 18. It's the it's the meat of the book. This is where the real story is. This is where right the cancer here. is. Ooh. No, that, as we determined, is in the brothel. Andy Kaufman's brothel specifically. You can't make a brothel without the meat. Oh, you know what? That was worse than I thought. I was thinking like a broth 
with the meat. Um, it it ended it badly. I apologize. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's one of the, it's another case of me not listening to what I'm saying. One more not thinking what I'm going to say. Not being really involved with the words coming out of my mouth. They just drop in my mouth and out they go. They splurt. In a way, in word. your uh, your verbosity is mm. transient. But I'm intransigent in no, thinking. <laughs> sure. Full stop. Sure. Yeah. Yes, and you certainly know what that word means. Yep. Alright, uh, well, I hope that someday soon our attitudes improve. <laughs> and I don't mean that as a defensive thing to say or an accusation of anything. I mean, I hope that someday we're reading a book that we're excited to keep reading. That would be fun. Um, be, that would be fun. Because is the worst part when it gets exciting and makes us <laughs> makes us believe he's changed? kinda it's Just it's like fall back into the same it's it's so it is very much abusive in that way where you're like you don't know him like I know him remember remember her icing death do you remember <laughs> the cave of the frost dragon I do <laughs> remember um, the tower of twilight which one was that is I that didn't I had beginning to look it up, of this book yeah That's, yeah okay um <laughs> That's where he was. It's another day. It's another day of sex machina where they're like, and here's your sword and here's your lessons. Yep. But still entertaining. Um, still entertaining. Yeah. Uh, where the kid, he's like, you better not have said any words. Yeah, that was yes. great. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, I don't want to talk about this book anymore. So let's end the episode. Let's do. That was Death Readers. I am Doug. I'm Rob. Thanks for listening. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. These reviews help new listeners find us and join the discussion. Follow us on Twitter and like our new Facebook page for Death Readers News. Become a patron at Patreon slash Death Readers. And please discuss us extensively on Reddit. It is only 14 feet deep. It's not very deep. The lake at MacArthur Park has no remorse. Oh, it's been killing people. It the lake people die at the lake. Because it's not deep. I had been living in MacArthur Park a bit more than a year when the body was pulled from the lake. It was 2012. A windless September morning. And from my apartment window, I had just snapped a picture of the sunrise. A ribbon of tangerine singeing the woolly sky above downtown. They moved to LA to work in the pictures. The water was flat and glassy, and dark as a bruise. A collision of serenity and gloom. Oh my god, stop it! <laughs> Somehow I missed the commotion. He was suddenly just there, 13 stories below, laid out on a concrete jetty. By the time I made it down, the police were wrapping yellow tape around the trunks of palm trees. His feet poked out from under the white sheet. A puddle formed around his silhouette. I would learn. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Stop there. <laughs> um, it, it, your read was great. Who wrote that? I want names. I want to know who's um, responsible. The byline. If you please. <laughs> <laughs>
could you could you say one more time what it is you need uh <laughs> perhaps in a different way that i may not have maybe not have clicked yet for me <laughs> um it's jesse Katz. now we got to google jesse Katz. see this is that's not gonna end such is life and it all started with what Lance henriksen's diving board yeah exactly it's definitely okay. I think I think I know where part of the confusion came in. Yeah, I saw the fountain and and was calling out that there was a fountain in the lake, and then you were like, "No, no, no, Doug, that's a lake, not a fountain." And I was like, "Yes, because to me, a fountain is a cement structure with water piping." But that is water not, piping, not the, just the spray of water, though. Is what I'm saying. So you're saying you're talking about the uh, the the statuesque of a fountain to you is very much the fountain. Yes. Okay. And you're saying that's not the case. I'm saying it's broader than that. Anytime you have an ejaculation of water, that's a fountain. No, I wouldn't say that. No? No, because... Like, uh, I just made a fountain a couple minutes ago in the bathroom. Uh, well, you could refer to it uh, as an illusion. You could say that it is a, like, a metaphor. You could say it is a fountain. But it wouldn't be a fountain. Why not? Because it's not a fountain. <laughs> Well, and that's why I'm asking. What? Because I used pipes to expel water. Uh, you used veins and and uh, tubes in your body, but those aren't really pipes, aren't they? That you could you could use a metaphor and say that they're pipes, but they're not pipes. I mean, pipes and tubes. I think what we're running into is that you're having a hard time associating like metaphor reality and reality. <laughs> Like, for example, a geyser, not a fountain. It can fountain as a verb, but it's not a fountain. It, it's a fountain metaphorically. It's not a fountain. Why, why, isn't it, why isn't a geyser a fountain? I don't know. I made it up. I, I, I guess what I'm asking for is a clean definition of fountain from you. Um, I mean, I can look it up and we can find out. But like, If you, if you look up one that you feel encompasses what you've been saying, I can try to accept it. It would mean so much to me if you could try. <laughs> so the definition that I think I've been looking at specifically is an artificially produced jet of water. So to me, the, the artificial nature of it is the part that's important. Whether or not it has a structure. Would you call the spray of a water pistol a fountain? Yeah, I guess. Would you call the spray from a hose a fountain? Yeah. Why not then me taking a mouthful of water and spraying it out a fountain? Because I'm producing that. It's artificial. Yeah, that would be a fountain. But you urinating? Not a fountain. That's biologically produced liquid. If I take a mouthful of pee and spray it out. That's a fountain. Okay. Rob, do we have any housekeeping? Not a bit. Then... Fuck our time. I'm sorry. Wasting. Oh. Hey, let me finish. And uh, let's just get right into the story that we're reading, the the, the novella that we're uh, perusing, that we're uh, delving into. Wait a second. We might have some housekeeping. We may have some housekeeping. I, I said the word delving and suddenly Rob has housekeeping. Yeah, I think you delved too deep. Isn't that what men did? Or it was dwarves. No, the dwarves. So there is a thing that we talked about doing. We can keep this or not. Okay. 
But we had talked about reading Dritz's pretentious entry in the version that we don't have. I kind of don't want to do that. But but listen to how it starts. Okay. I am dying. Laughing? Every day, with every breath I draw, I am closer to the end of my life. For we are born with a finite number of breaths, and each one I take edges the sunlight that is my life towards the inevitable dusk. <laughs> oh, no, we got a lot more. It... <laughs> Did Jesse Katz write this? <laughs> oh, that's a Ginsburg. Or a burn. <laughs> it's a Ginsburg. Okay, no, I'm not going to read any more of that. But it goes on like that for quite a while. Sweet. Um, so I guess it's just meditations on mortality, except he's immortal. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, same. I, the book's uh, better without it. My, but not my, by much in this section. My uh, instinct to go get a, a big iced coffee some uh, snowy Sunday morning and sit in, maybe not even iced, maybe it's a hot cocoa, sit in Starbucks Cafe in Barnes & Noble and read that shit and put it back on the shelf. I think I'm going to do that and then, <laughs> and then just be like, all right, <laughs> I didn't miss anything. Fair enough. Um, All right, well, if we're not going to read that, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs>